Hello, everybody. Welcome to Relax with Animal Facts. I am Steph Wolf, and I'm here to learn some facts with you about our furry, scaly, or possibly even uh, slimy friends, uh, all while relaxing and sometimes going a little bit off topic. And uh, that's how I believe the best learning happens sometimes, is if you kind of go off topic and connect it, maybe, to, uh, to, what, to, what, to something else that you're talking about. Um, so any of you uh, new uh, people tuning in, so this is a podcast where I go over animals that I um, want to learn about, or maybe other people want to learn about, depending on if people are, you know, uh, writing in. Uh, in this case, it's polar bears, which I uh, would love to learn more about. I don't know too, too much about them. Uh, so I learn here right with you. Um, I go on the internet, I find facts, and I just kind of uh, go over them with you and, and maybe connect them to different animals that we've learned already. I think this is episode maybe number 11, I think. Yeah, I think it's the sloth episode. If you haven't listened to that episode, you can go ahead and listen to it. Um, the sloth episode is the 10th one, I think. So 10th anniversary. There you go. So uh, really quickly, I just want to be t- I just uh, want to talk about uh, social media. So soon uh, I'm going to be opening up a social media account for the podcast, uh, mostly just for um, like polls as to what what kind of animals you guys would like to listen to. Uh, or would like to learn more about, so that's that's pretty much it. Um, but uh, until that happens, if you want to learn about a specific animal, you could always write in to uh, relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll look into it. Uh, so you can listen to this podcast a number of ways. Uh, it seems as though the majority of you guys out there uh, enjoy putting this on before before bedtime, and that's that's absolutely uh, great. I'm glad that you kind of. Uh, you can use the podcast to wind down a little bit and and learn, right? Just focus your mind on something and uh, and you can drift off. Or maybe it's the middle of the day and you would like to learn about some animal facts in, in a relaxing way. You could be walking around. You could be sitting on a comfy chair out there, maybe laying on a, a comfy couch, comfy sofa of some kind. Uh, so there's all different ways of listening to the podcast. You don't have to be attentive. You can tune in and out or you can just have this on as background noise. It is all the same. Uh, I'm with you here for uh, for roughly half an hour, 35 minutes sometimes. Uh, so, you know, uh, listen how you will. I, I encourage it all. Um, so before I get into the show, I just want to tell, uh, tell you guys where I got my facts from, as always. In this case, I got them from two different sources. We have polarbearsinternational.org, uh, and that's on their page on polar bears. I mean, it's Polar Bears International. Um, and then the other one is a, another staple website, uh, www.f.org. Uh, uh, they have 11 facts about polar bears. That's where I got this from, so from that page. So if you guys want to learn more, uh, you can always visit those sites and, and check out what else they got. The polarbearsinternational.org I liked especially because they actually have a, um, they have a polar bear tracker where you can see the, you know, the, the patterns of, of Different polar bears, uh, kind of uh, happening actually close to close to Canada, where I'm where I'm from. Um, so it's really interesting. You can actually see, you know, how, how far they've they've traveled and and everything. So that's a really uh, a cool tool. When I was looking at, uh, uh, you know, running down some of the facts, I saw that there's a polar bear tracker. And you can also adopt a polar bear too. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Okay, anyways, so let's get into the show. So. Uh, polar bears are actually classified as marine mammals. Um, I did not think they were classified as marine mammals. I didn't know exactly what they were uh, classified as. 
but marine mammals wasn't my number one kind of thought there, but it's due to the majority of their lives being spent on, uh, on the sea ice of the Arctic Ocean, and they have a dependency on the ocean for food and, and for habitat and, and whatnot. So they're actually the, the only bear species to be considered uh, marine mammals. Uh, as you guys know, we have those, uh, the other bear species. We have black bears, we have grizzly bears, um, and we'll talk about kind of uh, some mixes actually that, uh, that, that we have as well. Uh, but those um, those bears are mostly uh, you know they live in 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 kind of forests and and whatnot so they're not really aquatic but I know other bears like um, they they rely on other things like creeks and rivers for fish and whatnot so but not marine mammals those are polar bears specifically so if you didn't know that like I didn't know that that's that's a cool fact uh, let's get into some physical uh, characteristics of the polar bear so th this is um, specifically, there's a lot of characteristics that the polar bear has that I find is super interesting because they're absolutely perfectly adapted to their environment. So, you know, just like many other animals out there, um, they have these evolutionary adaptations that have had an advantage in their survival. And in the case of the polar bear, um, it seems as though every single bit of their physical uh, characteristic uh, characteristics, I apologize, um, is specifically for the uh, Arctic, and that's it's amazing. Um, so they can weigh up to 800 uh, kilograms, so that's actually about uh, 1,760 pounds, which is uh, a very, very respectable weight. That is about the size or about the weight of 10 adult human men, um, and the male polar bears are twice the size around uh, uh, around twice the size of the female polar bears. So 1,760 pounds for you guys out there using pounds. Um, so, you know, they can also be around three meters long, which means that this is a absolutely huge uh, uh, animal. It actually makes them the largest land carnivore in the entire world, uh, as far as we know, of course. Um, so three meters, that's about, that's like nine foot eight. So nine foot eight, again, the, the nine foot eight, there's no human being that's nine foot eight, but if you were to take a nine foot eight human, you know, horizontally, that's how long, that's how long a, a polar bear is also weighing it in at 1,760 pounds. So very, very massive animal. Uh, and to me, uh, that makes me think because, right, they're going on uh, uh, sea ice, which is you know, kind of thinning out. And, and, uh, and, and it's interesting how they can actually stay above uh, you know, ice. I, th I think we've all at one point in time tried to run across ice or, or something. And um, you know, there are YouTube videos of people falling into, into ice and then ha having to climb out. But uh, you know, having a, an animal that is 1,760 pounds... You know, running across the ice or, or walking across the ice, it's uh, it's it's incredible to me. We'll get into some adaptations of how they they you know uh, what they can do to not fall in the ice or what they do naturally. Um, it's just interesting to me. Let's talk about their fur because uh, you know they're really recognized as having this you know glistening white uh, kind of uh, you know uh, perfect uh, shampooed conditioned. Uh, uh, fur, not really, but it, you know, it's uh, it, it looks really nice. Uh, but it's made up of a super dense and insulating underfur that is also topped by guard hairs uh, that that have different lengths. So fur, in their case, is a 
is a uh, vital, vital tool in their insulation because, of course, they're living in pretty harsh conditions in terms of temperature, very low temperatures, and that thick fur acts as a prevention for almost all heat loss. And you can even, uh, you can even see polar bears, uh, they can actually quickly overheat when they run. If you can imagine being in the Arctic and overheating, uh, in the case of polar bears, that's a reality, you know, because they have such thick fur. Um, but again, perfectly adapted to their environment. Without this, without this kind of uh, thick fur, you can see this with a lot of other animals that live in the Arctic. For example, uh, maybe another good candidate for the podcast would be the, uh, uh, there's a Arctic fox, I believe. And they have this also this very uh, dense, uh, thick, white sort of fur uh, coloration. Uh, you know, so you'll see these animals all having kind of similar uh, characteristics. I even think there's a, a hare, like a, a bunny, uh, Arctic hare, I believe. Okay, this I'm getting off topic. Uh, but they can actually run. We're talking about overheating when they run. So let's talk about how fast they can run. They can run up to 40 kilometers an hour or 25 miles per hour on land. Um, you know, for a 800-kilogram bear running 40 kilometers an hour, or for you people in the United States, 25 miles per hour, uh, that is incredibly fast. Uh, that is a uh, very respectable, uh, you know, God knows I can't run 40 kilometers an hour. So, in, you know, if I'm ever caught between me and a polar bear, a uh, hungry polar bear, I don't know, uh, I, I, I can't really do much, I guess, I don't know. Uh, but uh, 40 kilometers an hour. So I'm trying to imagine driving... Uh, around 40 kilometers an hour. That is incredibly fast. Wow. Uh, and their fur is actually not white, but it just looks that way. Um, so each hair shaft is actually pigment-free, and pigment is what uh, gives coloration generally uh, to, to uh, uh, you, know, you know, to animals. And we talked about with uh, the flamingo, for example, right? If you guys remember the flamingo episode, we talked about where is that pink coloration coming from? And it was coming from beta carotene and in, in what they eat in fish or crustaceans, I mean. Uh, and in their case, uh, each hair shaft is pigment-free, so there's no pigment, and it's actually transparent. And it has that hollow core that uh, when, when that when that light comes in, that visible light comes in, it actually scatters and uh, and reflects very similar to how ice and snow work. So it gives you that white, uh, the very, the, that very white coloration. And the main time you'll actually see them having that super white fur is if it's, you know, if, 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 if the sun is really reflecting off them, like if, if the sun is really out there and you can, uh, they're standing in the, in, the, in the right spot. But you'll actually see a lot of polar bears have that, that yellowish coloration. Uh, and that just comes from their diet, so what they're eating, and it also just comes from the fact that, uh, you know, maybe you didn't catch them in the best of light at that time. So just like human beings like to make sure they have the best light for, for Instagram photos or for, or for whatever, uh, polar bears also have that sweet spot, uh, that Goldilocks zone in terms of where they can look their most, um, you know, kind of like reflectively white, right? Um, and, but what's interesting, though, is that underneath all that fur that they have, their skin is actually jet black, super, super black skin, um, and super counterintuitive, uh, you know, when, when you see an animal that is completely white everywhere in terms of fur, but they are a very kind of matte sort of black uh, color. Uh, it is a, uh, 
it's interesting. I just love that nature sometimes throws a throws a curveball, being like, "Hey, you know, this is um, it's not what you th- it's not what you think, right?" And and it's always super interesting to learn something like that. So I wouldn't have known that in a million years if I didn't uh, if I wasn't uh, uh, you know kind of uh, having fun on this podcast. Uh, their skin lies over a super thick layer of fat that will measure up to about four and a half inches. So four and a half inches is a lot of fat. Um, for any of you guys that use centimeters out there, I don't know off the top of my head how many centimeters that is. But four and a half inches is a is a thick, thick layer of fat. And we're still talking about the physical adaptations here that uh, polar bears have. So it's important because because they can because they swim uh, fairly often, uh, their fur gets wet. And if you've ever had anything wet on you, for example, if you have say you get caught in the rain with a kind of like a cotton sweater or or something that you know becomes easily wet kind of sticks to your skin you'll know that it actually is not a very good insulator uh, once a, a you know uh, a breeze comes by and you have some you know a wet you know if you have wet hair or if you have wet whatever you'll know that that is not very good for heat insulation you will be cold you'll be colder than if it, if it was dry um, and in this case, when this happens uh, fairly, o- fairly often because they swim a lot, they will rely on this four and a half inch you know, fat uh, deposit that they have um, when they're in the water to be able to keep warm. And this is why you'll actually, you won't see the mama bears kind of uh, taking their young cubs uh, into the water. They'll be more hesitant. You know, they'll be like, I don't, I don't, I don't really think so, you know, if they don't really have to do it. And that's because they they don't yet have those uh, have the fat necessary uh, to have those kind of long swims, uh, and they can actually uh, you know they can they can die. It's possible, uh, so they'll actually wait uh, until they are a little bit older, have more fat to be able to have a, a good amount of heat insulation. Because we're still talking about the Arctic here, uh, but you know the polar bear will overheat when they run. I think that's amazing. Um, and even even small things like their ears, for example, their ears are small and they're round, and their tails are short and compact, and this is all to conserve as much heat as possible. So every bit of this bear has has uh, adaptation. It seems like you know the, the, there's a reason for everything, um, and even their paws, um, their paws will measure about all, about 12 inches across. So uh, if you've ever been to Subway before. Uh, actually, I don't even think uh, Subway has 12. When they say a foot long, right, which is, tw- which is 12 inches, uh, I don't think that their sandwiches are actually 12 inches long. I'm not exactly sure, but they look more like 10 inches than they do 12. But 12 inches, so a, a one foot um, across. So from, you know, from one side to the other side. Uh, which is huge. That is a large amount of su- uh, surface area, um, and that allows uh, bears to be able to tread on thin ice. So just like what we talked about before, if you've ever tried to run, uh, you know, across ice, um, you know, th- the possibility of falling through is is kind of, uh, you know, kind of kind of high, depending, of course, on the uh, on the thickness of the ice that you're running on. But uh, polar bears have a, a kind of a, a natural instinctual response to when they know that you know the ice is kind of uh, it's not as thick as, as, as it uh, as it should be for them um, they will actually kind of lower their bodies and they will extend their legs sort of far apart 
uh, and they'll do this this uh, really uh, odd sort of uh, you know shuffling across. Um, but they do this for weight distribution. This is uh, you know this is kind of physics 101 here. Uh, they didn't have to go to uh, a university to learn this, I guess, or college. Uh, they just know that uh, weight distribution is a thing. Uh, and in the case of, 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 of human beings, I'm sure that you guys have heard before that if you're caught, on, if you're caught out on you know, ice somewhere and you know it's thin and, and whatnot, the safest thing for you to do is to like, lay down. Um, and this is A, for weight distribution, and B, general uh, surface area coverage. So if you have more surface area, uh, surface area you have more uh, weight distribution. So instead of standing on one point, allowing all your weight to kind of go through, um, you know, your feet while you're standing, there's a higher chance you're going to fall in. And in the case of polar bears, when they don't want to get wet, when there's, and in the case of polar bears, when they do not actually want to get wet, they will, uh, you know, do this sort of odd shuffling, laying down on the, uh, not laying down, sorry, uh, lowering their bodies and kind of extending their legs sort of far apart. So very smart uh, adaptation to. Uh, to, to, to where they are in their habitat. Uh, and polar bears can swim constantly uh, for days at a time. Uh, this I didn't know. Um, days at a time, that is, that is uh, incredible. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that, I, I don't know how, how many humans have swam constantly for days at a time. I'm sure maybe it's been done in the past in some, in some sense. Maybe for a Guinness book, uh, for, for a Guinness World Record or something, um, but they can swim up to six miles per hour, which is fast, uh, you know, for a for a huge animal, um, and they have large paws that are uh, uh, adapted for swimming. So their large paws carry two sort of adaptations, or maybe even more. Uh, you know, the first one being um, super, super uh, uh, having a lot of surface area there. Uh, which will allow for uh, more weight distribution, so more surface area. And also, when they're swimming, having these very large, um, you know, 12-inch uh, across paws will help as uh, they will actually act as paddles for swimming. So if you've ever wore, uh, you know, rubber flippers, it's sort of, sort of the same thing, um, or like the same concept, rather. And their hind legs, they will actually hold their legs uh, flat like a, a rudder, and this will allow them to to steer sort of back and forth, um, which is which is really funny. Uh, imagine this huge animal holding their hind legs flat like a rudder and just uh, paddling across. But again, you know these are uh, these are animals that have totally figured out their environment and, and how to how to traverse it properly. Um, however, uh, just because they can swim for days at a time. Uh, they do need sea ice. Sea ice is such a vital part of how they hunt and how they eat, um, and it makes it uh, absolutely uh, critical for their survival. So quick aside, I, uh, I watched a, a Netflix documentary. I think it was about polar bears or about the Arctic in general. I, I'm not sure, but there was a little um, uh, segment about how they hunt. And it was just, it was really interesting. Um, there was just a, uh, like this, uh, I think it was a bearded seal of some kind. It's one of their main uh, food sources or prey, uh, just lying on top of uh, a piece of sea ice just in the middle. You know, there, there was just uh, this, this piece of sea ice. And the polar bear just kind of swims around and comes up behind and sort of, they actually are uh, pretty stealthy for being large animals you know, swim behind and, and sort of try to jump up on the sea ice and grab the seal before it's able to get back into the water to run away successfully. Um, but 
That being said, uh, around uh, or like less than 2% of polar bear hunts are actually successful. Um, so, you know, while, while, they, while they can be stealthy, uh, the, um, you know, its prey is also, or, you know, they're also kind of on the, on the lookout all the time. And the diminishing sea ice makes it more and more difficult for polar bears to hunt, um, you know, effectively. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it was just funny to see kind of a polar bear peek its head up from behind a piece of sea ice and, uh, and, and jump up off, uh, you know, I mean, onto the sea ice and, and chase them off. And we'll talk about one other way that they actually hunt in just a second. Uh, but when a polar bear, uh, when a polar bear gets dirty, like their coat uh, gets dirty, uh, they will actually uh, rub and sort of roll around in the snow to clean off their fur. They, they much prefer to be clean and to be dry. Um, because, as we talked about before, wet fur and also dirty fur uh, can be a, a very bad insulator. And insulation in the climate that they're in is, is, a, is a top-notch sort of priority. So they will kind of do this little rub and roll around, just like how, how dogs sometimes like to ro uh, roll around in the snow. Maybe not for the same reason, uh, but, uh, but I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's um, a good adaptation. Um, and now we're, we're just going to talk about... Uh, something interesting, which is that polar bears touch noses to ask to share food. So sharing uh, in the animal kingdom is a, uh, I think it's, it's fewer and far between than it is uh, maybe uh, with human beings. I mean, I, I'm sure human beings have, have trouble sharing too sometimes. Um, but uh, polar bears will, uh, if, if another polar bear comes and they would like to eat and maybe, maybe there's plenty of food uh, with, you know, there's another polar bear, um, the polar bear will actually kind of circle around the food, um, around the polar bear, and, uh, and, and come in gently to sort of try to touch noses and, and kind of ask for permission. And I guess sometimes, sometimes they, they will uh, allow the bear to kind of uh, join in, or they won't, uh, you know, in the case of if they're really hungry and they need it. Um, they actually have home ranges. So a lot of animals have territories and whatnot, but uh, uh, just like the koala, actually, um, you know, there's a, uh, actually, I think koalas uh, are territorial in a way, but with the polar bear, they have home ranges. So just like a koala has home ranges, um, like we talked about before, you guys love that episode. I appreciate it. Um, so they have these same kind of home ranges, but uh, it's really dispersed and they're not, they don't really like to have conflict between one another. So it'll be, you know, uh, it will overlap often with other uh, polar bear uh, like their home ranges will overlap with each other, and then and it's totally it's totally fine in that case. Um, grizzly polar bear hybrids actually do exist. Um, they're known as growler bears or even pizzly bears. Um, which one do I like better? I think growler sounds better. Pizzly sounds yeah. I, I don't know. I don't imagine something being called a pizzly bear. I'd prefer a growler. Uh, but uh, polar bears evolved from brown bears um, around 150,000 years ago, which is still fairly recent in terms of uh, evolutionary history, right? Um, I just think it's amazing that time is all relative, that human beings live to be about, you know, average of 80 years old, but we're talking about, um, you know, 150,000 years ago being, being fairly recent in terms of, uh, in terms of evolutionary history. So it's, it, it puts things into perspective uh, for me. Um, and there's a total population of approximately 26,000 uh, wild polar bears. Um, and of those 26,000 uh, of polar bears, they're actually divided into 19 uh, sort of subpopulations. So plenty of subpopulations. And um, 
the different subpopulations are at different kind of uh, levels. So uh, levels meaning, you know, one might be kind of stable, one might be endangered, one might be vulnerable, whatever it be. Um, you know, and they have those specific stats on, on online and you guys can search those up if you'd like. I always encourage you guys to be uh, passionate about some animals that uh, maybe strike you that you like. And I think that polar bears strike a chord with people because, uh, you know, there was a big campaign, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of years ago about the about climate change and about uh, polar bears and polar bears seem to be this this sort of mascot for climate change. So I think that they um, they strike a chord with a lot of uh, with a lot of people. And right, rightfully so, you know, these are amazing animals. Wild polar bears uh, can live up to 30 years, but the average is actually around 15 to 18 uh, years. So fairly close to dogs here, um, depending on which breed and depending on, you know, uh, a variety of factors. But 15 to 18 years, that was a, kind of a surprise for me. Um, because when you see larger animals, they actually usually live to be a little bit, uh, a little bit older. Um such as uh, gorillas living to be 40 or, or, you know, other larger animals living to be, you know, 30 to 50 around, you know, somewhere in that range. Uh, but they, they do not live to be uh, that old. So 15 to 18 years is the average, but they can live or they've been known to live sometimes up to 30 years. Um, so this is the last fact here before we move into our last segment. Um, so they can smell their prey up to uh, a kilometer away. And whenever I read something like this, I kind of question it. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily true. It, it absolutely could be. But uh, the same thing with sharks, right? Because I think everybody's heard at one point in time that, that sharks can kind of smell a drop of blood in one drop of blood in, a, in an uh, Olympic-sized swimming pool. But, uh, you know, uh, fairly recent studies have kind of debunked that. And it's actually not really true at all. Uh, they could not detect that kind of change, um, which is which is you know, I, I think it's it's good to be skeptical uh, sometimes because you know that did seem kind of ridiculous that so, that something can be that sensitive to changes, um, and in the case of the shark, it was actually wrong. It was wrong. So whenever I hear I, I see something where they can smell their prey up to a kilometer away, or they can hear you know, a branch breaking, you know, 30 kilometers away. That's, of course, an exaggeration. But uh, I, I try to be a little bit skeptical when I read stuff like that. Uh, but it, it, it could be true, could be true. Um, but they have a strong sense of smell. So that, that part is definitely true, uh, which they will use to find breathing holes in the ice. So marine uh, marine animals they need to go up for breath. Uh, you know, there's no you know there's no real big marine animal that that doesn't need to go up for 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 a breath at least that I uh, that at least that I know of. And they will find these breathing holes in the ice, and they will actually sit and just wait until a seal comes up for air, uh, and then they'll kind of do that same. So so they like this, uh, or they don't like not not that they like it or not, but they have uh, found that they are more successful if they kind of sit and wait or, you know, having this, this stealth approach to, to hunting. Um, and they can detect a seal in the water uh, beneath uh, a meter of compacted snow. So they have this, this kind of uh, a keen sense of, uh, or instinct rather. Um, so they find those breathing holes in the ice and they will just sit and wait patiently for, for a seal to kind of come up, uh, come up for air. 
And let's get into the last segment. So here, here on the show, I always love to end the show with a kind of a, something about the name of, of, of the animal that we're talking about. Could be a history of the name, could be, could be anything, what the name means in a different language. So in the case of polar bear, uh, polar bears, uh, they have actually a, a variety of names all around the world, it seems like. Uh, we have Ursus meridimus, which just means kind of a sea bear. Uh, so Ursus is bear, Meridimus is kind of the yeah, sea, water sort of thing, uh, but they're also known as ice bears, uh, Isbjorn, uh, white bear, uh, lord of the Arctic, old man in the fur cloak, white sea deer. So they have different sort of names all, all around the world, and I thought that was an interesting kind of fact about the name. Uh, so all around the world, it's known as different things. Nanuk, I'm not sure what uh, N-A-N-U-Q um, you know, it's, it's, I guess that comes from another language, um, but you know uh, they have different names all all, all over, uh, you know, in different cultures and and whatnot. Um, so that's a that's a little bit of a uh, a little a little name fact for you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're still awake, of course. Um, <laughs> I mean, whether you're awake or or not, uh, thank you guys for for uh, you know taking this adventure to, uh, with polar bears with me here. I, I really enjoyed learning about it. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, concern, con- uh, concerns, you can always shoot me an email. Um, and uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, you can be sure to follow it. Uh, you can uh, share it with somebody else that wants to relax with animal facts. And I just want to tell you guys, I really appreciate you downloading the podcasts, uh, you know, tuning in every episode uh, to relax and to learn with me here. It is so greatly appreciated. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, that's all. That's the episode. And I, uh, I hope to see you guys uh, next episode with a new animal. Take care.